Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Everybody, welcome to the Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? How goes it, Stats? Great to be with you. I love you so much with all of my heart and soul. I love the SB Nation NFL show, and um, you know, it's the it's the treat of my year to be here right now. Are you saying that because there's only two days left in the year? A little bit. Um, I have some questions about New Year's, you know, but I, I'll I'll sprinkle them in throughout the show in my usual delightful manner. Ah, delightful is a stretch, but I want to remind everybody before we get rolling here, we are brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. You got me a little curious now, RJ. I want to I want to early sprinkle. What's the, your uh, New Year's question? Well, stats, you know, a lot of people love to say, like, what's your New Year's resolution? You know, what, what are you, you know, resoluting to uh, right. this year? What, you know, maybe it's the Resolute Desk. Shout out to National Treasure, one of the more underrated films of our time. Uh, but <laughs> my question to you is, what what do you do at New Year's? Are, do you eat the 12 grapes? Are you, you got to have a glass of champagne? Like, do you go black IPs? Like, do you have something that you do in your household every single year? Uh, we usually get some champagne, but that's about it. We don't have any other New Year's uh, traditions now. Do you? Um, my wife likes to do cabbage and black eyed peas, which is disgusting. Is that uh, a I'm, thing? I don't yeah, mean, it's a thing. I didn't know. know it was a thing until we got married. So, I mean, but I've done the grapes before. I mean, I'm down with the grapes, you know? Well, I don't even know what that is. It's, you eat the grapes for good luck. You eat 12, one for every month. You know what I'm saying? So you, you eat the grapes or the black, you know, black eyed peas or cabbage for, for good luck in the year to come. Health, wealth, and, and happiness. I think your wife just made that up. I never heard of that. Do you like black eyed peas or cabbage in general? Just as, no, as food items? Definitely yeah. not. Agree with you. Totally agree. Good job. Absolutely you. not. All right, RJ. There's a ton to get to. Um, we are down to the nitty-gritty here. Two weeks to go in the NFL's regular season. We've got a bunch of clinching scenarios. We got teams hanging on by their fingernails to playoff spots. So let's get right into it here. If you're new to the show, we take deep dives into the biggest games of the week, and then we hit every other game on Sunday in the lightning round. So let's start in Cincinnati with the Chiefs and the Bengals. Bengals favored by five points. And this is a fascinating game to me because I know that the Chiefs offense looks good against the Raiders, but they really don't look that great against everybody else. I think Cincinnati's defense is pretty good. This is going to be a fun game. I'm really excited about it. Um, I really feel like Joe Burrow is coming into his own. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, I, I'm still not ready to buy into the Chiefs. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's just kind of the weirdness of this NFL season. But the Chiefs are um rolling the chiefs I, I still feel like we haven't gotten like the main mega like super duper offensive like super showcase yet um and and maybe it just it, it's happened i mean last week was the byron pringle game maybe it just hasn't felt you know like the standard tyree kill travis kelsey performances i know we did get the kelsey one against the chargers um on, on thursday night a couple of weeks ago but i don't know with kelsey back with tyreek ready to go i mean th this this is kind of the last like 
box to check for Kansas City, right, to prove they're all the way back. Like they've kind of taken, you know, the obviously their, their losses. It, and that's the thing when you look at the Chiefs this year, all their losses are like super understandable, right? They're to like what were and have been like the AFC contenders with Baltimore and Tennessee and Buffalo and, and the Chargers, obviously. And so I, I would put the Bengals in that mix, right? Like the Bengals are among the, the top teams in the AFC. So can Cincinnati join that club? Uh, can Cincinnati keep it going? Is Cincinnati really only good against the AFC North now? Um, this is kind of a show me who you really are game on both sides, which doesn't always happen. And by the way, I just want to let everybody know. Are you okay? I believe in your stats. You can you can do it. You can make it through this. These clinching scenarios, they get me choked up. I want to let everybody know the Bengals can clinch the AFC North with a win, and Kansas City can lock up the number one seed with a win and a Tennessee loss to the Dolphins, which we're going to get to. So there's a lot at stake for both sides in this game. How about this? Cincinnati has never won three straight games under Zach Taylor, and they don't have a single win this season over a team that's currently in the playoffs. Now, to be fair to them, they only have two games possible against those teams. One was against the Niners, which they lost in overtime, and the other was against the Packers, which they should have won, but their field goal kicker forgot how to kick a damn field goal. So that stat doesn't look quite as good when you give it a little context, but Cincinnati still has some proving to do for sure. I am going to take Kansas City. I want to get out in front here. Uh, I haven't taken them in a while, so I'll give you five points. Are you willing to take Cincinnati? Man, the question for me is, do I believe in the Chiefs defense? You know, they've held their opponent to under 20 points in seven of the last eight games. Um, But Cincinnati has a good offense, man. Burrow is obviously rolling, coming off the fourth highest passing performance in NFL history. I just don't know. That's a lot of points. Oh, man, I think I'll take Cincinnati in the points in this one. That's pretty so. stupid of you stats. Um, you know, so fine. Uh, be wrong. I'm okay with that. So I'm giving you five points and an update for anyone who's curious. Stats and I back in week 13 started a little fun game, little fun bet wage or whatever you want to call it here on the look ahead where every week the games we disagree on, we keep track of them. Uh, we're monitoring them. I've been having more success. So I've definitely been reminding stats of that all too often. Anytime <laughs> stats and I disagree, uh, we mark it down based on the odds from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Whoever loses our, I would say season long, kind of like, you know, final quarter of the season long competition it's going to make a donation to charity we're still finding the exact one we've gotten some contributions from people as in terms of where to go so uh, ironing out those final details but stats last week in case anybody was curious we did disagree on five games and for the first time you got the better of me you were mm-hmm. correct um in that buffalo covered against new england easily uh we took the the pick with the jaguars and the jets and, and the jets well the jaguars <sighs> just suck more um and uh and you took the bears with seattle favored by six and a half and that was uh that was a well-resigned success i do want to note that i took the rams against the vikings which was easy and i took the cowboys as 10 and a half point favorites and easily covered that i have you are now zero and two when taking washington against dallas in fact you're zero and two and picking against dallas in general that had to be said uh the overall competition i lead nine to eight so we're getting getting down to that time so we start off with a bang i've got the chiefs you've got the Bengals. kansas city minus five so we originally kind of devised this as like a holiday thing so is this the last week of it or are we just going to finish out the regular season no we got to finish at this point you know what i'm saying like you, like, look at you, Stats. Stats narrowed the margin. He's been down two games after every week, and he gets down by one That's game right, now. Baby. And he's like, oh, no, we let's let's end it right now. Let's do it right here. Nah, dude, we got to 
we, we didn't show up you know just to punt are you serious like what a loser mentality oh my God. look i'm just trying to find out the rules all right yeah. i'm just trying to determine how badly you're going to end up losing to me that's fine if you want to go an extra week i'll take it you know you ever heard of the term get out while you're ahead I've got Kansas City, and I'm going to keep building on my lead. I don't think Cincinnati has it in them to do this again. I think I, I could honestly see like Joe Burrow having like 201 yards, and everyone would be like, what happened? It's like, yeah, it's almost like things regressed to the mean. Well, and if you look, I mean, he has lit up the Baltimore Ravens this year. Now, granted, last week was kind of like a practice squad defense for the Ravens because of all the absences they have. But Burrow has kind of destroyed Baltimore this year in the other games he has not been nearly as effective. So it's kind of like the Chiefs against the Raiders situation. So it'll be weird to see uh, which trend holds up. Maybe both of them will. Who knows? All right, let's go to Tennessee now where the Titans are hosting the Dolphins. Tennessee is favored by three and a half points. And I want to make sure everybody knows the Titans can clinch the AFC South with a win or a Colts loss. So either one of those things happen and the Titans get to wear the cool division hats. I do not have faith in the Dolphins. I don't care how many games they've won in a row. I know that it's hard to win seven straight. I I fully give them that. Congratulations. They're well-deserved, but that doesn't mean I have to have faith in you, and I'm sorry, RJ. I'm just not buying Miami. On Tuesday morning stats, the day after Miami won their seventh game in a row, let me be very clear. Huge fan of Good Morning Football. Watch it every day. In fact, I usually watch it twice because they do the uh, the rerun right after. Uh, but one of the headlines on Good Morning Football was, are the Dolphins the team you want to see least in the AFC wildcard race? <laughs> um, and Definitely no, not. No, they are not. These are their wins. And I know a lot of people have ripped these off. Houston, which they won 17 to nine, by the way. So like one possession win here. Uh, Baltimore, the Thursday night game, that was certainly impressive. I mean, that was a, a Baltimore team that had a lot more life than they do now. The Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets, and the beleaguered Saints team. Um, so to your point, yeah, cool. I mean, it's hard to win this many games in a row. Respect, Dolphins. You've ruined Philadelphia's first-round pick next year. Forever in your debt for that. Um, but I, I'm not buying this. I mean, you know, I, I think the most interesting thing to, like, be a result of this is that, you know, the narrative around Tua is a little bit different just because of his record. I still don't know that I believe in him personally, but I will take Tennessee, and if you're foolish enough to take me up on that, I feel badly for you. I mean, Tennessee's just, I mean, they're, they're still, like, they concern me, but they're not the Dolphins. That's It's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, just ultimately, like, last week's a perfect example, right? Ryan Tannehill does nothing in the first half of the game. Tennessee had 55 total yards against the 49ers in the first half of that game. Second half of the game, he doesn't do anything on first and second down in the entire second half either. But on third down, on the money down, he delivered again and again and again. Tennessee, I believe, was 9 of 16 converting third downs. And if you take out one little basically like quarterback sneak that Tannehill did for field uh, field goal position, the average yards to go for them on third down in the second half of that game was over 10 yards. And they were still 9 of 16. So he was getting it done when he needed to, and I have faith in him to do that more so than Tua Tungavailoa. My, I mean, he has not been impressive by any stretch of the imagination to me. And Tennessee's just tough, man. They don't die. They can take a punch. You know, like the Niners came out in that game last week, like a house of fire, flying around, making plays on defense, and Tennessee just doesn't flinch. And I have no faith in Miami to do the same thing. So I'll take the Titans and I'll give the points in this one. And I feel pretty comfortable there. Me too. I do want to say one thing. And the NFL has come under fire for 
well, a lot of things for like the entire course of time uh, and certainly have, have made some interesting decisions this year. But I really actually feel badly for the Dolphins in the sense of so the Titans, you know, obviously the last game they played, which was on Thursday night last week when they hosted your San Francisco 49ers and won. The Miami Dolphins just played on Monday night football. That game was in New Orleans. So you're talking about a team that played on Thursday night, playing a team coming off of Monday night. So literally the longest amount of possible rest, except for having a bye week, obviously, against the shortest amount of possible rest. Not only are you just dealing with that from like a time perspective, Tennessee played their Thursday night game at home. Miami played their Monday night game on the road. And so now you're making the team who has the like far fewer amount of time to rest also travel again. This is so stupid. Like there should be these like, I mean, like I'm not saying devising the NFL schedule is easy. You have to deal with a billion different variables and details and whatever, but there should be these blanket. Like we don't allow these things to happen. You never have a Thursday night team facing a Monday night team or a team that's coming off a road game, have to travel again in a situation like this, like this, this is a really avoidable problem. The same thing happened to Washington. Although the home away thing was a little bit different when, uh, uh, Vegas beat Dallas on Thanksgiving and then Washington, uh, you know, had their Monday night game against Seattle. That So you had a Thursday game against a Monday game and then Washington had to travel to Vegas the very week after. Why does this happen? It's stupid. Like, I agree with you, but I also agree with, you know, what's his name? Is it Howard Katz or I can't remember the guy, the schedule guy for the NFL, but he's got to be like, dude, there's 8 billion things. If I move that one game, that creates six other problems for me in these other weeks. So it's not ideal. I totally get it. And the dolphins are right to be mad about it. But at the same time, like, sorry. Yeah. I mean, you're going to lose anyway, dolphins be very clear, but I mean, you know, (laughs) like just, yeah, but you have a a huge right to be upset about this. And like, they're playing for a playoff, you know, position here and like against a team that's in the playoff mix, right? Like that's, it would be one thing if they were playing, I don't know, like the Jaguars in this situation, but they're not like, that's a tough situation. Oh, and the other thing, think about this, Tennessee, would love to win this game, of course. They're competing for the number one seed. What are they doing? They're waiting for Derrick Henry to come back. How huge would it be for the Titans to get a week off in the playoffs just to have more time for Derrick Henry to get better coming off that injury? So this is a massive game for Tennessee, and you're right. This is the perfect advantage. There's no excuse for not going out and handling your business against the Dolphins, even if they are on a seven-game winning streak. Which means the Dolphins will win, obviously. So Obviously. All right, let's continue our deep dives. Next up, Rams at the Ravens. Baltimore is getting three and a half points in this one. The Rams can clinch the NFC West with a win and an Arizona loss against your Dallas Cowboys. The Rams have won four straight, even though Matthew Stafford did not look particularly good last week. The Ravens have lost four straight, and I feel like it's the most understandable four-game losing streak in NFL history, RJ. Yeah, so to be very clear for all of our blog and the boys listeners that have made their way over to the SB Nation NFL show, Cowboys fans, you touched on that stats, should be rooting for the Rams. Uh, we'll see what happens as far as the one seed is concerned, but if the Cowboys don't get the one seed, they need somebody to be tied with them and the Buccaneers in order for the three-way tiebreaker to come into play to at least get the two seed in the NFC. So we mm. want to see the Rams win out and win the NFC West. Um, and, and you're right, stats. Um, I mean... I, I I feel like I don't ever really like feel like this kind of bad for a team, but I feel so <laughs> bad for, because like they it's one thing to be bad and it's one thing to be bad when you have like this onslaught of injuries. But man, they try so hard. Like I respect the hell out of John Harbaugh. <laughs> like I really do. Like, you know, like they, they make they were 
like I know they got blown out, but like their game against the Bengals was close, like for a little bit, like it was closer for longer than it would have been, uh, you know, than f- from any other team. You know what I mean? Like they will just like they will die trying. You know what I'm saying? Like that is who the Ravens are, and I respect that so much. And that's why I kind of like I'm ready to just like just end it. You know, like I like it doesn't it doesn't bring me joy to watch this. Um, and so I, I'm really sad for them. I'm really really excited to see them in 2022, especially you know. Uh, shout out to me stats this game is important um i know everybody cares i made the title game in my oh, fantasy God. league of record hang on shout hang out on to me. um and matthew stafford and cooper cup have kind of been my my bread and butter all season long so obviously hoping for a big game between the two of them but somebody who i drafted that i've dealt with throughout the entire year was jk dobbins like i for, you know like you forget that like he was a part of this like he he got hurt like way back when you know like before the season even started i mean the ravens have it's just been a new thing each and every single week and so get healthy ravens get to 2022 and the afc north will belong to you once again but this week man i just i think the rams are a little shaky still and that's why i'm nervous for myself but i do think that they should if cincinnati no offense to them can blow them up i certainly don't see how sean McVay can there were 15 defensive players for the Ravens. They either missed the game last week or were only able to play like less than 10 snaps because of injury. So between COVID and injuries, like they are absolutely ravaged. Talking about injuries, Lamar Jackson returned to practice. I don't know if you saw that video of him, RJ. Looked like he was on Tatooine, but he could barely jog, let alone run in practice. That ankle is clearly still bothering him. I think you could make the argument that they might be better off just going with Tyler Huntley if he comes off the COVID list, which he's expected to do so today. If the Ravens win this game, they have a 59% chance of making the playoffs. If they lose this game, that goes down to 8%. I just I don't see how they win this game. I, I really don't. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the Rams. I'll give you the points. I mean, I don't feel great about it. I love the Ravens way more than I even like the Rams. Um, again, I've got selfish motivations for this game. So in a weird way, Ravens, I love you, but like, I hope you get blown out this week. Like I, like I hope, I hope Matthew Stafford throws five touchdowns to Cooper cup. Um, but you know, again, we'll be back. We'll come back together stronger in 2020. I just, I don't see how it's close. Maybe it's close for a half, but then like there will be that breakaway point And then Baltimore just doesn't have the horses. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Even if the Rams turn the ball over like they did last week, I just can't see Baltimore putting enough good plays together in this game to eke it out. So I will take the Rams and I will give the points. All right, let's take a break. We've still got more deep dives to go, plus the lightning round, plus a little bit of breaking news that we're going to get to before the show ends. So stay with us after the break. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. 
back here on the Look Ahead, part of the SP Nation NFL show. We are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, RJ, let's go to your wheelhouse next. Big D, the Cowboys, welcome in the Arizona Cardinals. Cowboys are giving five and a half points. The Cardinals need to win to keep their NFC West hopes alive. And Dallas is trying to get the top seed in the NFC. So obviously they want to win as well. Cardinals have lost three straight games. They are in free fall. This is not new under Cliff Kingsbury. They have gone 15-5-1 in the first seven weeks of the season, RJ. The rest of the way, they are just 8-18. Eight and 18. This isn't just a this-year thing. It's not just a last-year thing. It's in his entire tenure. And, oh, by the way, that same trend held true when he was coaching at Texas Tech. Cliff Kingsbury's teams fade in the second half of the season, and that's exactly what's happening to the Arizona Cardinals right now. So... First of all, um, the line is, as you mentioned, Stats and I are streaming slash recording this on Thursday morning, but uh, it's five and a half now. It opened, Cowboys opened as three-point favorites. So interesting wow. sort of climb, um, you know, so far throughout the week. And I mean, man, like I, I, and I said this on Monday with Pete, but I love to throw around the F word. Like I am, I am the king of frauds, right? Like I, I'm handing out frauds. Oh, that like, F word. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm Oprah Winfrey. Like you're a fraud, you're a fraud, you're a fraud. The truest and, and perhaps most legitimate frauds are the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and I was actually thinking about this. Like, you might not be the best person to ask because of your NFC Westness, but like, do you even know a Cardinals fan? Like, like in, in your <laughs> like like in your personal life? Like, do, like honestly, I'm really asking. Like, do you know a person who is like, if you went through every contact in your phone, is there or like every person you interact with on social media? Like, we all now have just like internet friends. Like, do you know a Cardinals fan? Somebody who you would send a Christmas card to? No. 100% no. They, I don't think they exist. Like, I, <laughs> I, I think Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani are, like, the only Cardinals fans in the world, honestly. I mean, they, they are so insignificant, and that is, like, who they are. Like, and so, like, you had the, like, tiny little, like, pops and stuff on social media early in the season. Like, how come nobody's giving us love? It's because we know you'll fall apart. Like, that's, that's who you are. And they are such a, like... I don't know. Like, I never really realized how annoyed I was with the Cardinals until <laughs> until a few years ago when they and I love Carson Palmer when they inducted Carson in their ring of honor. Like all the Cardinals are is a we'll take your franchise legend and like make him ours type of dude. Yep. Kurt Warner, Carson Palmer. I mean, J.J. Watt. Like, that's all. They're the only like true Arizona Cardinal in my mind ever is Larry Fitzgerald. That's the only one like he he's the face of all of it. Um, and so I just don't believe in them at all. I don't know if you remember this subplot uh, stats, but so Kyler Murray is obviously a factor in this game. He has never lost at AT&T Stadium, obviously, during his time in high school and college at the University of Oklahoma. He went to a better school before he transferred there, but whatever. Um, and um, who cares? And, and so um, last summer, I think it was before a fight. I can't remember exactly what, what it was before, but I don't know if you remember. Kyler was asked if he grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, and this is a family show, so you know, be careful. I'll make the producing not difficult. But he said, no, they were always but when I was growing up. He did He's not, not say wrong. but. Well, I, I mean, let's first of all, I mean, let's contextualize but. I mean, they were they're, they were not the Cardinals. Like, like the Cardinals <laughs> were way worse. I mean, so that's the first thing. 
Second of all, the internet very quickly went to work and found a photo of Kyler at Texas Stadium in a Cowboys jersey. So uh, he is also a fraud in that sense. But well, it doesn't I, mean he was a Cowboys fan. Whatever, or a Cowboys jersey in their stadium. Like, look, come on now. I feel bad. Kyler's a friend of the SB Nation NFL show. All right, That's I interviewed right. him myself uh, at, during the Super Bowl week last year, and so I, you know, I really like Kyler. But man, this team is is full of losers, dude. Like from a like competitive <laughs> standpoint, I mean, dude, like I'm like. Dak Prescott is far and away the best quarterback from his draft class. We have learned that over the course of the last five years. And the Cardinals just lost to the two worst of of, of the, like, you know, ones to come out of it and be, like, somewhat legitimate starters. They lost to Jared Goff and Carson Wentz back-to-back in the very first year with them and their new teams after their old teams gave up on them. And so I just – I'm so far out on the Cardinals. I, I totally agree with BLG. I think they are going to limp into the playoffs on a five-game losing streak. Frauds. That would be Hilarious. unbelievable. And I do think that there has to be a little, like, here we go again with these Cardinals players seeing this late-season slide. I will say, if by some – miracle the cardinals are able to pull out this win that kind of slams the brakes on all this doesn't it like is that enough to just go to sort of like say look look see we stopped it we stopped the slide we beat a really good cowboys team we're you know we're in control here not you lost to the lions dude like (laughs) like there's there's no exorcism you can perform to get rid of that stink i mean and that's that's just who they are like that that's who the cardinals are they are this like they are forever did you ever see the movie um sky high no movie i'm talking about no it was a movie i know the movie i didn't see it was a movie about like kids that like went to like superhero high school um and you know like learn to be like superheroes whatever and so like on the first day of school they were sorted into heroes and sidekicks and they would go like down that (laughs) down that path forever like in their career the cardinals are a sidekick in the nf there are hero franchises the cowboys the steelers the packers the niners the you know chiefs the raiders you know like there are hero franchises then there are sidekick franchises the cardinals i don't even think the jaguars are a sidekick franchise the the Bengals are a sidekick franchise. The Chiefs they're, are a sidekick franchise, man. Nah, dude, you, they got a little, you know, they're they're old school. I'll put them in the hero. They're yeah, maybe a later arrival, but like the Chargers, <laughs> the Colts, like they are all sidekick franchises. They need somebody else to carry the juice when they're in prime time. Um, th- this game, I guarantee, will be one of the highest rated games throughout the afternoon window. Yep. Um, or, like or because it is in the afternoon window. There's no, I mean, you have the schedule in front of you. There's nothing but stinkers in the afternoon outside of this. This will be one of the highest rated games of the season and i will say on the cowboys side of this because all i've done is expose the cardinals here i the cowboys went last week they they did something i've really never seen them do at least they, they never did under jason Garrett. they went for the kill shot i loved that they broke the spirit of their division rival at home on primetime they destroyed them and i i mean it's a satisfying feeling you know that and you've got this team limping in vanquish them break break their souls you know yep. what i mean like go for the and i i think that they're capable of that i i really do i think mike mccarthy i know you won't give him his proper due but i think he is a coach who gets them up for those types of situations who says they are coming in here weak let's end them like let's just put them out of their misery like and i you know some people say like oh they're they're you know let's just like step on them and and just end their misery no the cowboys want to drop a nuclear bomb on them like that's what i want to see from this team but i mean i'll take any kind of win however i can get it no i agree with you when you're facing a team that's coming in with no momentum either just having a bad year or like the cardinals on a losing streak step on them 
early. Show them early that their problems are not ending today and you are just going to make them miserable. Dallas needs to get like three or four touchdowns in the first half of this game, grind them into dust, and the Cardinals will fold. They will absolutely fold in the second half of this game. So I agree with you. I will take the Cowboys and I will give the points. Are you uh, are you with me on that? Hell yeah, I'm with you. Cowboys are wearing their color rush jerseys, um, which are sharp. Um, the kind of I know you appreciate this. The '94 looking throwbacks oh, with the stars on the so sleeves. So good. Yeah. So um, they have not generally had great moments when wearing them. Um, so hopefully this this puts an end to that. But if if they maintain anywhere near the level of offensive efficiency they had last week, I don't know how they're not you know among the heavy favorites entering the playoffs they look i mean i think objectively like one of the most complete teams in the nfl right now i'll be interested interested to see how dak plays against a much better defense because he clearly lit it up last week first first quarterback ever to throw a touchdown to a running back wide receiver tight end and an offensive lineman in the same game uh but i want to see him against a very good defense because I think his play has kind of cooled off from earlier in the season. And so even though he had a good week last week, if he struggles again this week, I think that that narrative is going to have some life to it. Well, we'll see. The Cowboys winning. Cowboys getting to 12 on the season and keeping their hopes for the one seed alive, which depend on something else that we'll get to in a little bit. Next up, the Vikings. Going to the frozen tundra of Lambeau. Pro football's holiest cathedral. The Packers are giving six and a half points in this one. If Green Bay wins and the Cowboys lose, the Packers will be the number one seed in the NFC. Minnesota just needs this win and a bunch of help if they're going to make the playoffs. Look, you and I, as we are constantly reminded by BLG and others, we have said that, look, Kirk Cousins is not as bad as you think. We've been kind of trying to give him some props, but there's no excuse for losing that game last week, RJ. He got three extra possessions because of Matt Stafford interceptions, and he just couldn't get it done in crunch time. Two of 12 on third down were the Vikings, two of five in the red zone. When you're playing really good teams or any team, really, you got to cash those opportunities in. And Kirk Cousins absolutely did not last week. And that's why the Vikings lost. Well, and I think that that like kind of serves our point is like, we, we're not saying he's amazing. Like he's flawed. You know what I mean? But like, you can be flawed and still be relatively good. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's our point. Like, and, and that's what like for all of you who come for stats and I on Twitter every week at stats on fire at RJ Ochoa. Again, Kirk is not the best quarterback on the NFL. But when you say that, it doesn't mean that he has to be the worst quarterback to ever live. And that's what the take becomes. He is capable of, of, of doing some things. He is not capable of doing all things. For what it's worth, he is capable of beating the Green Bay Packers. They did it earlier this season. Mm-hmm. And the Packers are a bit of a flawed team. I mean, we've seen that, obviously, over the course of their last two games. Not exactly, like, slamming the door shut against some weaker opponents. I mean, we talk about the Ravens and, like, how, you know, terrible they are or, what like, how terrible their roster is um but i mean the packers almost lost i mean you know like i i saw this tweet um yesterday from uh nfl osophy a uh, great twitter account uh green bay is, is this is their tweet green bay is a ball control offense throw the third most screens in the nfl 16th in intended air yards fourth in time of possession behind tennessee indianapolis and ironically baltimore play calling gets conservative late 19th in fourth quarter points that's the thing man like wow they, they can 
they they kind of fade and it like they're, they're the proverbial like build up like they build a wall and then like nobody can really climb it you know what i'm saying and so i i mean i don't know that kirk cousins can do that i i to be honest with you i mean again i realize that he did but there's so much that hangs in the balance with this game i wrote about this um this article went out on wednesday night at blogonthevoice.com if the vikings win it prohibits the Philadelphia Eagles from clinching a playoff spot this week. That is a necessary component to Philly getting their playoff ticket this week. If the Vikings win, it gives life to Dallas being the number one seed in the NFC. Dallas happens to visit Philadelphia next week. There are two hypotheticals that could unfold. One, the Vikings could win this week and lose to the Bears next week, and that could happen before Philly plays Dallas. And Philly could know going into that game against the Cowboys that their playoff ticket is secured and therefore have nothing to play for while the Cowboys would be going for the top seed. That would be very interesting. Or Philly could be playing for their playoff lives and Dallas could be playing for the number one seed. Those are two very different, you know, things of significance to kind of battle against one another. So a Vikings loss sends us into that type of turmoil, which I certainly want to see. I, the Aaron Rodgers might be the best player in the NFL, but the Packers are maybe an average team. And so he has carried them over and over and over and over again. And logic would suggest that that has to reach a break point. And maybe this is it. But, dude, if Kirk wins this game at Lambeau in primetime, holy crap, Stats and I are coming for all of you. <laughs> I think that part of the reason what is happening with the Packers, like you mentioned, they kind of trail off. I think Aaron Rodgers is demoralizing. I think early in the games he comes out. Some of these throws that he makes, RJ, like they're just insane. They are throws that you shouldn't even attempt. And he puts it on the money in the only possible spot it could be to be completed. And I think if he does that a few times, I think it's natural for your defenders to be like, well, shoot, like what we can't stop this guy. He's just that damn good. Uh, I do think that Kirk is one of the few quarterbacks that doesn't get demoralized by that kind of stuff. He kind of just goes out there and does his work it's going to hurt him that Adam Thielen's not going to be there he's going to miss the rest of the season with an ankle injury that's obviously a factor too the Vikings can win this game will they win this game I don't know but I think I'm going to take the Vikings in the points I'm going to take them to win so if you if you're willing Ooh. to make this to pick them so I, I'm not willing to make it a pick them or well, BLG no. BLG kind of cornered me on the mixtape um so I, I had to you know I had to put my money where my mouth was so to speak so um I will take them to win if you're I know you said no, but if you're willing to do that, I am willing to go out on that limb. I at least believe in Kirk that much. So much for you, Mr. Fraud. No, I'll, I'll I'm getting six and a half points. I'm going to take them. Why would I not take more than a touchdown worth of points? Why would I just mm. give that up? Whatever. You don't believe. <laughs> All right. So those are our deep dives. Before we get into our lightning round, RJ, I think we want to take a second here to talk about some news that broke just as we hit record. And that has to do with Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who said today that this game this week against the Cleveland Browns on Monday night football is likely going to be his final game at Heinz field, which is the first public indication that he will retire after this season. So when I saw this, uh, this news hit the, uh, the timeline, I felt like Phoebe Buffay um, when Chandler and Monica told her that they were dating and she's like, that is brand new information. And she's like, you know, acting. Oh no, I think it's when Ross, I can't believe I just butchered friends trivia. I feel like such a fraud myself. Uh, but my point is she's like making being silly because she already knew that. And it's like, okay, Ben, thank you for revealing this to us. 
we were we were all unaware that you know you haven't talked about this at other times how this could be the last <laughs> one this could be i'm i'm honestly surprised that ben didn't you know say like this is the last dance like i loved that documentary but i hate the like you know memedom that it has created like we overuse the jordan i took it personally meme and now everyone wants to be the last dance and whatever and stupid and so like ben okay like you want a couple bowls get out of dodge like you you are hurting this team like you you are really really hurting this team and man stats what a sad affair that <laughs> his last game at heinz field the ketchup bottle is a game where the pittsburgh steelers are underdogs to the cleveland browns it's just the the fall off for ben has been so bad that i think it almost makes you forget what he was like when he was younger like he was just a bear back there he would just drop back to pass and just hold the ball forever because nobody could tackle him he was just a giant dude and then he would eventually run around and make a play and to watch him now where everything is three yards and five yards it's just so much different from how good he used to be i mean we're talking about a guy that's gone to three Super Bowls in his career, won two of them. Granted, in the first one, he was hideous. But nonetheless, they still won the game. Like, how many quarterbacks in NFL history have gotten to three Super Bowls? It's a very, very small list. Ben can say he's one of those guys, and it's just the way it has ended is really, really sad. And uh, But it's clearly time, as you said. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's... Whatever. I'm I'm kind of ready for the 2004 class to be out of our lives. Like we, we've had so many things like so many like specials and documentaries and like, man, we're going to get 2004 to like crazy because the Manning cast returns this week. And so Eli is going to be on the call, so to speak, for this game. Philip Rivers is back on the news of all things. I mean, like just enough. Let's move on. There are other classes. It was, you know, 17 years ago at this point. Like, let's just let's move on. Ben. I'm I'm way more interested in who the Steelers are without you at this point. So, you know, go throw for your 116 yards in this game and one <laughs> touchdown and two interceptions and let the Browns like I was telling you this right before we started streaming, but like what was the, I forgot, but it was Ben had like more wins in Cleveland than the Browns did right for like a stretch there. Um, like it would be fitting if his last home game, ironically, was a loss to that team. I mean, I think you're kind of poo-pooing Ben's career a little bit. He's fifth all-time in passing yardage. He's eighth all-time in passing touchdowns. Like I said, he's gotten to three Super Bowls. Like, damn, man. The, the end Hall was of just, Fame career. The end was just so dramatic and exhausting. And, like, some right. of that's not even Ben's fault. But, you know what I mean? Like, the, the end was – it's just been, like, okay. You know, it, it feels to me like – um like ben's career has been gray's anatomy it's like there is a bomb in a patient again you know what i mean it's like okay like we've you know like you've been on the air forever like just it's time you know what i mean like this this happens people retire you know you move on um uh, i don't think ben will be in a television booth but you know who God, knows i hope not um but i would i would bet he starts a podcast or you know something a youtube channel um but yeah, I mean, you had a, a, a good run. There, there, there was a lot of lot of fun there for Steelers fans. And I do think it's cool that Steelers fans will have an opportunity to say goodbye. You don't always get that. Um, it's just, it's kind of sad that it's with, with a really weak Steelers team and what might, I don't even know. Like, they should lose this game to whoever they're playing, but the Browns stink so much they might win. <laughs> I mean, so I've, I really 
I don't know. It would be really awkward if they somehow wound up winning the AFC North, though, and he got one more home game. Oh, that's true. That would be kind of, yeah. Isn't he saying that this is likely going to be his last home game, like kind of admitting that they're not going to win? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's who the Steelers are now. The Steelers are, this. you know, the Steelers, BLG and I really trashed the Giants this week on the NFC's mixtape, which everyone can listen to on the blog of the boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogshaven, or Big Blue View Podcast Networks. Um, maybe the Big Blue View audience not so happy because the Giants suck, dude. The Giants are terrible. Like, and you've trashed the Giants a thousand times too. Like they think they're this NFL blue blood. That's what the Steelers are about to become. Like they're about to like remain convinced. Like we can do this, whatever. No, and I have, we don't know. It depends who they get to play quarterback well, after the, Ben. The difference is Mike Tomlin clearly. And like, you know, you have a, a, a competent coach, you know, involved or a competent person involved with the decision-making there, but that they, there is one path for them where they become that. So I'll be interested to see if that's ultimately what happens. All right, RJ, we're finished with our Big Ben talk. You know what time it is now. It's time for the Week 17 Lightning Round. There are a few things I look forward to more than your fake lightning sound. First up, the Falcons are going to Buffalo. This is one of many big spreads this week. The Bills are giving 14 points. I'm back. I'll take the Bills. I'll I'll give the 14 points. I don't care. I don't believe in the Falcons. Yeah, I have... My hesitancy would be problems with the Bills, not an ability with by the Falcons to keep up in any way. I'll take the Bills. I will give the points. Speaking of those NFL Blue Bloods, RJ, the Giants are in Chicago to take on the Bears. Chicago favored by six. I will take the Bears and give the points. The Giants stink. I will take the Bears. I will give the points. The Giants, they're not even frauds. Like, they're just, like, they don't they don't exist to me. Like, that's who the Giants are at this point. Like, <laughs> I, I, I agree with BLG. Like, it is not, it's, it's not even fun to, like, take shots at them or, like, poke at them. Like, it's not, it's not like, even satisfying. I feel, it makes me feel bad. I mean, they, they're just so, insig- they, they're truly insignificant franchise right now. Um, the loser bowl. Like, the, the, and the, like, the Bears are not much better, to be very clear here. Like, so, so, like, very, very, very insignificant game here. Significant game now, the Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas, they don't like when you say Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders going to Indianapolis to play the Colts, Colts favored by six and a half, if Indy wins, they clinch a playoff spot. I will reluctantly take Indy. I don't like, I still can't like buy into them um, all the way. I don't know what it is. And obviously they've got some, some issues going on this week. We'll see what happens with Carson Wentz and whatnot, but um, I will take Indy because the Raiders also stink. Yeah, I have no faith in the Raiders whatsoever. There's just nothing good going on. I'll take the Colts and give the points. I don't feel great about it. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have to do most of the work in this one. But what else is new? He's been doing it for basically the entire season. The Jags are going up to New England to get their butts handed to them. Patriots favored by 15 points, RJ. Now, this is the Bill Belichick is pissed off game, and you're just the unfortunate soul who got in his way. Um, Patriots by 30, but I mean, I'll just give the 15. If the Patriots win and either Miami or Las Vegas loses, they clinch a playoff spot. I will give the 15 points, although I would like to see Mac Jones actually look good because he's been shaky in the month of December. Time to get that straightened out, Mac, but he's not going to do enough to lose this game. Bill Belichick will just stop throwing the ball and they'll still be able to win against the Jags. Speaking of bad games, the world champion Buccaneers are going to New Jersey to take on the Jets. The Jets are getting 12 and a half points. It is not enough. There are not enough points that you could give the Jets in this one, RJ, to let me pick them. I I mean, what a like unfortunate thing for the Jets. Like they have been tormented <laughs> by Tom Brady. Like, 
you know, their season is still terrible. They still have questions about their brand new franchise quarterback. I mean, like just perpetual sadness. Um, if you're a Jets fan, I, yeah, I mean, I would love to see the Bucks lose for the Cowboys sake, but I will take Tampa. I will give the points. I will feel very, very, very good about that. How could you not? All right, let's go to Washington. Now the Eagles come to town. Washington is getting three and a half points. Philly needs to win this game. Washington is coming off a whooping by the Cowboys. What do you like? I think Washington is full of frauds too. Ron Rivera, <laughs> how can Mike McCarthy guarantee a victory? Blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, Washington is like, dude, they fought. They fought on national television, like on the benches that they made a big deal. Like they went like memeception to like the fourth <laughs> level of meme. And it's like, that's who they are. Like some teams are insignificant. Some teams are like this team are just embarrassments. Like there's nothing good that comes from this team ever. And, you know, Ron Rivera tried to like breathe life into them and he just can't. And like Ron Rivera, phenomenal human being, kind of a terrible football coach. And everybody fell all over themselves, falling in love with him last year. And here we go again. What did I hear? All oh, Curtis Samuel, they said Curtis, Samuel. like everything they've done has been awful. Like from a football standpoint, <laughs> like everything they've touched has been like just terrible. Um, granted, Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt, but like you cannot tell me Ryan Fitzpatrick makes a difference in a 56 to 14 game. So I will take the Eagles. I will give the points. Um, I am up against Jalen Hurts in my fantasy title game. So nobody you cares. Know, just just get the dub and, and be cool, uh, Philly. That's all I ask. Big Sirianni, my bro. You got my back. I trust you. As I said on the Sunday night late night wrap up show, the fight on the bench during a 56 point blowout is Losers. not even close to the most embarrassing thing to happen to that franchise this year. That just mm. tells you how bad they have been. I will take the Eagles. I will give the points and I am not worried about that game at all. One team that should be worried, RJ, the Los Angeles Chargers coming off a loss to the lowly Houston Texans. They are hosting the Denver Broncos. Chargers are favored by six and a half points in this one. If Teddy Bridgewater was starting for the Broncos, I might take them in the points. But Drew Locke, just when the coolest thing about you is your touchdown celebration that you very rarely get to do because you can almost never lead the team to a touchdown, that ain't it. I'll take the Chargers and give the points. So I want to be clear here about a couple of things. I know it's a lightning round, but excuse me for the elongated response. Number one, we don't have a lot of games that we are disagreeing on yet. So for the sake of content, you know, here we go. But beyond that, for the sake of principle, I refuse to take the Chargers. I don't even know when. Like, I, I, I really don't know when I will ever take them again. I just can't. I cannot off principle alone. You cannot go get housed by the Houston Texans yep. and expect me to pick you. And I want to contextualize that while I have cemented the Cardinals as the king of frauds, there is nobody who I have more consistently called frauds this season than the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are more authentic to me than the Chargers. That's wow. how fraudulent the Chargers. I can't, I am. I love Justin Herbert. I'm out. I am so out on the Chargers. And I just can't, I cannot come back. I can't come back from this for you for a while. I need some time. I got to work on myself. Chargers. I will take the Broncos. I will take the points despite the fact that it's drew lock despite the fact that it's the broncos in general i just that's where my, my, my what's where my principles are it is in it's such an inexcusable loss by the Chargers. like they were supposed to be past this they were supposed to be past this inconsistent team right they got their quarterback they got their guy and the weird thing is about the chargers go back and look at their history how many teams can say they have had three legitimate bona fide franchise quarterbacks in their history and have zero Super Bowls. Dan Fouts, Phillip Rivers, 
Justin Herbert. Now I know Justin Herbert's really young, but you see my point. Like they, even they, when they get the guy, they still don't win. Maybe the Bengals. Like maybe may, like that. Who? That's Ken Anderson. Carson Dan Palmer Fouts is a Hall of Famer. Well, Philip no, Rivers I mean, like, is a okay, Hall of Famer. Okay, like, can I come up with like a completely equal comparison? No, but like the Bengals are in that mix. Ken Anderson, Carson Palmer, and Joe Burrow is equivalent to Justin. Herbert. No, that's not, not even close to the same level. Well, the point here is is Chargers just no, like. I I'm I might be like I I can certainly be talked into like reloving Justin Herbert all the way. I'm out on Brandon Staley. I'm out. Like wow. I, may, I I maintain that he when when the Cowboys went to to Los Angeles and beat the Chargers. Remember everybody criticized Mike McCarthy for not calling a timeout at the end. Like what are you doing? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Brandon Staley ended that game that loss with all three timeouts in his pocket. He never had any interest in calling a single timeout to preserve time for his franchise quarterback whose stats is put in the same company as Dan Fouts and, and Philip Rivers, rightfully so, I might add. And so, like, while I love a lot of the principles that, that you know, Brandon Staley, you know, kind of brings with him, his his loyalty and allegiance to the world of analytics, there is some, there's a funk here. And, and man, you got to get through this stink somehow, some way. But until you do, until you, like, overwhelmingly prove that you do, like, like, dude, the, you know who the Chargers are? Like, we, like we, we've we trashed Washington this year. Like, oh, all Washington's got to be proud of this year is they beat Tampa Bay. Man, like, all the Los Angeles' season this is so far is, like, you, you went to Arrowhead and won. That's it. Like, that's the only, like, <laughs> significant thing you've done this year. I mean, and, and the Texans' loss undoes that for me. I mean, so, nah, I will take the Broncos. And I, I don't even care if I'm wrong. I, I would just – I would rather be wrong with the Broncos than be right with the Chargers right now. The rats are on the edge of the Chargers ship right now and a loss to the Broncos and everybody is jumping overboard. L.A. has to get right this week. They absolutely have to do it. And as was talked about on the SB Nation NFL show, like we need the Chargers in the playoffs. We can't have some of these other teams in the AFC. Like, are you telling me you'd rather see like the Raiders in the playoffs or the Ravens with nobody left on their team? Like the Chargers got to get in. It's more fun. I don't think it's more fun because I know the Raiders are frauds. You know what I'm saying? Like I like cool. Like you walk in with your like fraud card on your chest. Like the Chargers are like hiding their fraud card. They're wearing like a jacket over it. You know what I mean? Like they're, <laughs> they're like, oh, it's it, there. Yeah. Like they're the like, you know, like, uh, oh, that's not Rob Guerrero. That's Rob Herrera, you know, like with a mustache <laughs> and glasses on. Like, like that's who they are. I'm sorry. I like I, I can't. And like spare me with like the cool stuff to like the like the, the nfl and like twitter wants the charters to be relevant so badly and i was among that group but when you lose when you get just dominated by the whoop. texans with what was it 16 players on the covid list yep. no nah, i'm i am out like you have to go an enormously long way to re-earn my love again chargers all right uh, Houston is in San Francisco. The 49ers are giving 12 points, RJ, in a game that might be started by Trey Lance, and they're still double-digit favorites. I don't care. I'm taking San Francisco. I know you're down on them. I know Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan maybe deserves to be the Chargers head coach with the, like, the fact <laughs> that he is like willfully choosing Jimmy Garoppolo at times. But, I mean, he is not uh, Brandon Staley. He is a qualified NFL head coach. He doesn't walk on water like my friend Rob told me once upon a time. But um, <laughs> those words. San Francisco, I will give 12 points and I won't lose a wink of sleep about it. Uh, I think I'm going to take the Texans and the points in this one. Loser. I think that if Trey Lance does start, which I 
for the record, he's going to start. Kyle Shanahan can try and do all those cute, stupid things in the in the press conference about, what well, you do, maybe Jimmy could play. Now the Texans have to prepare for two. There's no preparing for Jimmy Garoppolo, okay? Put everybody in the middle of the field, 10 yards away from the line of scrimmage. Done. You're prepared for Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's not like they have to stay up late coming up with a game plan to stop that devastating passer. No. It's going to be Trey Lance. I think that the 49ers are going to be very conservative. I think that as long as Trey Lance hits the Jimmy gimmies that Kyle usually tees up for Garoppolo, he'll be totally fine. The Niners, I think, will win. They better win. They can clinch a playoff spot with a win and a loss by New Orleans. So it's the final home game of the year for the Niners. They'll win. I don't think they'll do it by more than 12 points, so I'll take the Texans and the points in that one. Next up, let's go to New Orleans for that game against the Panthers. Looks like the Ian Book show, thank God, is going to be closed. Taysom Hill came off the COVID list. The Panthers are going with Sam Darnold in this game, which is not doing 49ers fans any favors. But then again, no quarterbacks on the Panthers roster are doing the 49ers any favors. Saints are favored by six and a half. The Panthers, I want to be very clear, are awful. Like, they're terrible. They're unwatchable at times. Matt Rule has somehow made them worse. All right, like, <laughs> like I actually, I take back what I said about Kyle Shanahan. Matt Rule... Actually, no, I, I maintain what I said. Matt Rule doesn't even deserve to be the head coach of the Chargers. Like, he's not even like, you got to have a level of cool to have that job. And Matt Rule wants to be cool so badly. Dude. Yeah, like, he, 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 he wants to be cool so bad. Like, I'm sure he's used to, like, 20-year-olds being like, coach, you're so cool, man. Like, welcome to the real world, Matt Rule. Like, welcome to corporate America. That I mean, like, everyone's taking their turns at the Jay-Z thing. Like, that was so stupid. Like, the only thing I, I thought about was the scene from Billy Madison where he's like, that is the dumbest thing like we've ever heard. You know, we, we're no all dumber. Exactly. Like, I, I, dude, man, like he again, like beyond the fact that he consciously traded for Sam Darnold and consciously picked up his like, like Matt rule has, has gone so far out of his way to make the quarterback mess messier with this franchise. I mean, it is just really, really, sad is, is what is happening to the Panthers right now. Like they are awful. And like, they don't like, I, I just like roasted the charters, but like, I still believe because they have Justin Herbert, like their future might be bright, right? Like the Ravens future is bright. What is there to be excited about? If you're like the, I think like Panthers, like maybe we trade for Deshaun Watson, which is a horrible idea. You know what I mean? Like th <laughs> that that's like the, the thing that like they might do that brings them relevance. Like, man, I just, I am all the way out. On, I might be further out on the Panthers than I am anybody else in the NFL right now. I just, and it, it is hilarious to me. That, so these were the head coaches hired in 2020 stats. Mike McCarthy, Ron Rivera, Joe Judge, Kevin Stefanski, and Matt Rule. Is there any doubt that Matt Rule is the worst in a group that features Joe Judge? Oh, uh, man. Joe Judge is pretty pathetic. But he's it's, he's not, like he's like, He's like a he respectable, just, pathetic. You yes, know what I mean? Like, he loses, but I still have respect for him. Right. Matt Rule, I have no respect for. When you go with the that Jay-Z line is just oh. so try hard, right? Like it's just so his attempt to make people think that he's cool and hip. And like all these coaches come up with these stupid analogies, like Nick Sirianni with the flower. Oh yeah. We're like a flower. That's just so dumb. You don't have to talk like that. Real human beings do not speak like that. And it's just, it's cringy. The Eagles have won. So it makes Sirianni look a little better, but that's the best word by the that. way. It's, it's cringy. Like I, I really hate Bruce Arians is like proclivity for like cursing and like, you know, just whatever. But like, he's like, 
I believe that's who Bruce Arians is at the very least. Like, you know, and he's not like trying, like, I actually really don't like when Jerry Jones is like, Oh, the cricket and like the moth and the, but like, you know, Jerry, like now Jerry really tries to come up with these like Jerry isms, you know what I mean? When he makes analogies for certain things (laughs) and like he's Jerry Jones. So it works, but like Matt rule, you are just Matt rule. Like it does not work for you. And I don't know how the Panthers can run this back and feel confident. I, I really don't, but you know, Hey, there was a fire Matt rule chant last week after the game. That should be like, what have they done? That's impressive. Nothing. Speaking of unimpressive teams, let's finish up with the lions traveling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Seahawks favored by seven. Honestly, RJ, I'm not sure who wins this game. And that is a sad tale because I think the Seahawks are packing it in and the lions usually play hard. I'm not going to go as far as picking the Lions, but I agree with you. Um, I do find it funny, by the way, that there are five teams in the NFC that have been eliminated from playoff contention and that two games are comprised of four of them. <laughs> you have the Giants and the Bears, and, and then you have this this game. So, yeah, these are the like, hey, Scott Hansen, we don't need these. You know what I mean? Right. Like, just, we don't just, ever need to see yeah, an update on this game. Just, <laughs> just stay elsewhere. Uh, but, I mean, I, I'll – I actually, I won't take Seattle. Seven is too many. I'm just – Dude, they lost to Nick Foles. And like they lost to Nick Foles and Matt Nagy. Like what? <laughs> like 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 they what? are packing it in, man. They're folding Dude, and, up shop. And Russ, I mean, like this has actually been the worst possible year possible for the Seahawks because like they're in a state of dysfunction. They don't even have Pete Kale to hang their hat on anymore and Russ's trade value fine. He might he might still fetch multiple first rounders, whatever, because he's Russell Wilson. But like, there is no doubt that that, that shine has, has been impacted. I mean, it, it has been dulled by the way he has played this year. And it dates back to last year too. Like, I don't know how, like it is. I, I actually hope the giants trade for him at this point. Like bring, I don't think Russell's a circus, but like bring the corporate circus to town, bring the kind of like barely above average quarterback to town. Like that'll fix everything. Giants go ahead and do it. I don't know that Russ is, I mean, I think Russ is a little better than barely above average, but here's what you have in Russell Wilson. If you just step back objectively and look at it, you have a quarterback that's getting up there in age, who's taken a ton of hits, who's been surrounded by good receivers recently in Seattle, and yet for some reason cannot get on the same page with DK Metcalf. Like they can't even hit each other on like a third and five out route. It is something is going on with Russell Wilson A lot of teammates do not like him, and that's what you're getting. You're getting all of that with Russell Wilson. If you trade for him, you're going to have to give up a ton. He's expensive. His contract is very high. Like, I'm not saying teams shouldn't trade for Russell Wilson. All I'm saying is it's not a slam dunk guaranteed to work out and rescue your franchise from, you know, the dreck of the NFL. I cannot wait for whenever he is traded for the, like, Seahawks of old to come do their like media appearances on their podcasts and things like that. Like Richard Sherman's going to have some thoughts. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Michael Bennett's going to have some thoughts. Golden mm-hmm. Tate's going to have Tate. some thoughts. Like, I mean, like I, it's, it's going to be Seattle radio is going to be good times. Uh, whenever Russell Wilson is traded. Yep. I told that is a hundred percent accurate. There is stuff that is going to come out. Doug Baldwin might have some. Takes. Oh man, Doug Baldwin. Yeah, it's a great point. Like the only the only one who won't like Marshawn will be like, man, I love Russ. You know, like that'll be it. And then everyone else will be like, man, like there will be all sorts of stories. Like, man, you know, the week in in Arizona, you know, for the Super Bowl. Like he was saying, like if 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 the game comes down to one final moment, like I want it, I want the ball in my hands. Go Hawks. You know, like that that there will be all sorts of stuff that comes out. 
And I th- I do think a lot of what has happened there, like traces back to that Super Bowl, how it ended, how Russ responded to it. Russell Wilson said God wanted him to throw the interception at the end of the Super Bowl and lose it. Think about that. Think about that. God I, didn't care about anybody else's Super Bowl in that game, right? Nobody else, no matter how faithful or religious they may be, screw you guys. God cared more about Russell Wilson than you. And he told Russell Wilson that he wanted him to throw that interception. And I will always say from now until the end of time, why has no one ever asked Russell Wilson what God sounds like? Because apparently the Lord spoke to him. I would like to know if the all heavenly father has a nice baritone. I um I love Russell Wilson, but I will say I have always found it amazing that he does not get more heat for that. Like that play is remembered more for Malcolm Butler and for Marshawn Lynch. And, and as far as like being inactive in it. Um and, and I mean like think about like think of I, I hate to be the Cowboys guy, but like think about if Tony Romo did that. Like like Tony right. Romo gets Tony <laughs> Romo gets more heat for a bobbled snap, ironically, against the Seahawks in a wild card game. Then Russell Wilson, scores. right? Like then, then Russell Wilson for a game losing interception in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like that, that is amazing to me. And some of that, like, again, I don't want to be the Cowboys guy, but like some of that is, is just amazing is, is kind of the way it works. So I'll take the lines in this one in the points. Man, dude, I already went on a limb with the Broncos. Like, I'm not doing this. Like, <laughs> but I, like, I'll take the lions as well. That's where the Seahawks have fallen. Um, you know, right. I will, I will say this to kind of tie a bow on my Tony Romo thing. One of my favorite stats about Tony Romo that I uncovered, he never throughout his career played a game where he was mathematically eliminated from playoff contention ever. Not, not now they lost multiple week 17 games. So fine, but that's a cool little thing. Like it shows like they were never out of it. And like you, like there's a different thing to being out of it. And like, I never thought that would be the Seahawks like under Russell. Like I never thought that it, that they would play meaningless games and they're going to play multiple meaningless games this year. Like that's, it's just amazing. I never really thought that would happen. Things do not end without ending badly. Like that's a part of the reason why they end because things are not going well and it has tailed off precipitously in Seattle. But I agree. That's where we are. All right, RJ. So where do we differ on the games this week? We have three games. And again, I enter week 17, which is not the regular season finale, uh, with a one game lead over stats. And at the end of this, um, well, either we're going to be tied or you're going to have a sizable lead or I'm going to have a sizable lead, which is basically how it could work. But we have three games. So somebody's going to win this week, at least. Uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Kansas City favored by five. I believe in that. Denver, Los Angeles, the Chargers, not the good team there. Uh, the Chargers <laughs> favored by six and a half. You foolishly believed in them. I happily took the Broncos. And San Francisco, Houston, um, you think the Niners will win, but not that they will cover the 12 points. I took the Niners. You took the Texans. By the way, I took the Niners against the Falcons back in week 15 when they were nine-point favorites, and I won that one. Yes, I also took – the. I also took the Niners when they were three and a half point favorites over the Seahawks back in week 13, and you won that one. So there have been multiple times this season where I have taken the favorite 49ers, and I am one and one against you in doing that. So, you know, you don't have the best read on this situation is really my point. I would argue I have just as good a read on the situation as you do, seeing as well, how the math would support that. Yeah, the math would support that. But I don't have a 49ers cap and paraphernalia behind me in my office. So, you know, yeah, you should. Who's, Look, who should I, be more embarrassed here? I got the new stadium behind me too. The new picture I got for Christmas of uh, Levi Stadium with right before the first game. I'm I'm building up quite a little background there. So there you go. 
you should have um like you should get like it's more of a chore but get like a lego set and have your son i have it. one it's upstairs well, i have to finish building it well as no have your son build it and then not only do you have the stadium but you have like the memory that your son built it you know what i'm saying there you go there you but, go but I, I ever forget my son my All favorite right. my favorite nickname for that stadium shout out rich eyes in the field of jeans so yeah way to go rich you're so witty all right, that's going to do it for this edition of the SB Nation NFL show. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow. Spotify has ratings and reviews, people. So if you're listening on Spotify, now's your chance. Now's your chance to shine. Show us how much you support us. It makes Last a big show of 2021 stats. 10, 9, Oh, eight, God, this is seven, how we're ending it. Six, I hope 2022 five, is a four, lot better than three, this. Enjoy the two, games. One. Happy New Year. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.